Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on episode 71, The History of Brennan. Previously on The Fan of History, actual historical events happened. So, <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we talked about things that actually occurred. Today is going to be a little different. We're going to talk so about... Today is going to be very different. Yeah, very, very different. So, Dan, you want to talk a little bit about Patreon? Uh, yeah, Patreon, we, we do like money because money is good. So, if you like us, please uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash history. That's it. That sounds good. Okay, Dan, let's do this. Yes. The king of the week is Brennan, because this is the history of Brennan. I'm the king of the week. All right, let me explain a little bit about this episode. This episode is basically taking what we've talked about so many times in the past, where you have narratives that don't add up. Just last week we talked, you know, that one event, the destruction of Sennacherib, had three different events. So I wanted to put all of my family stories to the test and find out where I came from and um, see if it adds up. So let's talk about what I've grown up being told. Um, uh, last name is Rankin and that's Scottish which is pretty easy to find out. You can look that up on basically any kind of surname book. Um, Rank in six letters. Yeah, R-A-N-K-I-N. If you want to get real technical, like uh, Rankin, and then before that was Reinken, and then before that was Reinhardken, and, you know, as time goes you know things get shortened so mean anything in its original form um not really it's all 
speculation because all it really is is just a derivative of who I'm related to. Okay. And um, you know, people say, "Oh, like the the family story is that it meant uh, sly like a fox." <laughs> okay. So, um, like many things I've discovered, there's a lot of family stories that don't add up. So the Sly Like a Fox thing, there is no language in which that makes any sense. So, that's just Uh, No, that's hard. (laughs) Right. So, um, the story I was told is that two brothers came from Scotland in um, 1767. And landed in North Carolina um, and started, basically, that's where the first Rankins in America were. And I actually went to North Carolina and found the place where, um, basically, the ancestral home of the Rankins there in North Carolina. And I actually found that to be true. Um, it gets I have a, questions. Yes, go for it. Um, why did the two brothers leave for the u.s um good question they were fairly well off in scotland but they thought they could make a lot more money in the u.s okay no religious motive nope there's no religious motive it was purely money Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah fly like foxes exactly fly like a fox what, um, how do you know that this house you found was the ancestral home of the Rankins? Oh, it's uh, in the uh, Cass County Registry. Thankfully, they have records that actually go back far enough that you can see the bill of sale still for, wow. yeah, for where, for them owning that piece of land. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Here's where we need to kind of make a differentiation. There were two brothers. Yep. One of them is list. They were both listed as owners at one point. Then one brother was listed as the owner in um, Gaston County, North Carolina, um, for their their you know the largest property. Yeah. The family basically splits from that point. The two brothers, one stays in uh, North Carolina, ends up being fairly wealthy, um, marries, I believe, the congresswoman, their congressman's daughter, you know, did very well for himself. Big house, all that good stuff. Um, but that's not your ancestor. That is not my ancestor, no. <laughs> my, <laughs> okay. my ancestor then decided to keep moving west, um, you know, basically chasing that dollar, which he was not good at, <laughs> at ever keeping hold of. Uh-oh. So, you may have heard of a company called the Rankin Bass Productions. Have you ever seen those kind of creepy claymation uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town movies? You may or may not have seen them. Not really. They're they're perennial favorites here in the U.S. They play them every Christmas. And it's like stop-motion claymation. And uh, that Rankin side of the family 
is yeah. also not my rank inside of the family. <laughs> I did not come from, I did not descend from the wealthy, um, good money managers that are the other side of the family. But the clay animation guys, they still uh, came from these two brothers as well. Yep, sure did. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and um, so the brother that I descended from came through the South, and ultimately his descendants ended up in Texas. So that's kind of the story. Um, there's a few other odds and ends. Um, there's been a ranking in every American war since America started. Um and I have found the memorials for a large portion of them. Um, the Rankins that were, you know, in the Revolutionary War. We have, yeah. I visited their graves, um, which is kind of interesting because the um, James Rankin was too old to fight in the Revolutionary War. Like, he provided war effort. I believe they said, you know, provided X bells of cotton and whatever, you know, basically supplied stuff, but he was really too old to fight at that point. Because um, he gets here in 67. In 1776, 10 years later, I believe he would have been in his mid-40s. All right. Um, so maybe he could have fought but doesn't look like he did. But other Rankins had come had come here since then, and they fought. Um, and then we have the War of 1812. We have descendants fighting in the War of 1812. The uh, American Civil War. Um, yeah. All the Rankins were actually fight, fought for the Confederacy. And yeah. um, also the Texas War of Independence. Before that, there were Rankins. Oh, there. Yep. I've been, I've actually seen their, um, memorials and stuff for the, uh, Rankins that there's one that died at the Alamo. Oh, so that's pretty cool. Or Mr. Rankin. Yeah. Um, whereas maybe my, my, uh, my ancestor was not good with money pretty good at making babies so <laughs> there were quite a lot of rankins flowing through to the south all right but the interesting thing is that's that's kind of the american story of it interesting thing is like nobody knew anything about what happened before scotland i mean rankins didn't just magically appear in scotland that's <laughs> that's just not what happened so I would ask around and basically just assumed that, you know, that's, that was good enough. That's as far back as it goes. Um, but a few things kept creeping up is that there was a, uh, somehow magically there was some kind of native American ancestry, which actually kind of is a part of the U S South is sort of, uh, I know this is going to get political for a minute. Sorry. Um, no problem. <laughs> essentially, the noble savage, which is a very racist thing, it's kind of like the excuse for being 
gosh, how do you say this? The excuse for being racist is to say, oh, no, no, my ancestors were Native Americans, so I can say terrible things. It's not always the case, but the whole yeah, or, idea... Or to the member of a tribe or something like that. Yeah, that's what we... That that was the whole thing. It was... Um, our... We were... I was um, descended from the Choctaw Indians is what okay. we actually were under the impression of. And so much so that um, I have... You know, like my uncle lived and died on the reservation, but as it turns out, there isn't enough genetic ancestry for, well, I know myself and my father (laughs) to claim um, to be of Native American ancestry. There is some. I took two. I took two genetic tests. Both came up with about one percent of the uh, genetic, you know, genetic material is from uh, Central, actually Central and South America. Yeah. B- before we proceed with the genetic data, I think you need to explain a bit about these tests. Yeah, these tests. What they are is they're basic. DNA tests. Um, did a cheek swab on both of them, sent them in, and got the results. Now, these are not chromosomal um, ancestry. Those go back, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. This is just the basic one that both men and women can do. Um, men can do more extensive um, okay. tests because, you know, men's genetic um, makeup can, you know, extends back much further or how we test today it is easier to go back further for male dna that's just okay. that's just the way our system works right now um so these are the generic tests you can get way more detailed tests but i did not want to spend two hundred dollars per test <laughs> to get these results so i'm going to stick with these right now how much were these tests? Um, they're both about a hundred bucks. Okay, and this is familytreedna.com. Yeah, I did familytreedna.com and also ancestrydna.com. Okay. Um, took both of them, and what what I'm basing it off of is these two tests. If they both show it, then I give more credence to it because you can get a lot of trace stuff that everybody in the world has because. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise, we're all descended from pretty much the same ancestors if you go back far enough. Yeah, Genghis um, Khan. Yeah, Genghis Khan. You're no kidding. Um, so, on the tests, it's pretty easy to see, because the first one I took was the Family Tree DNA, and it talked about the British Isles, Scotland, and Eastern and Western Europe. Um So all over Europe, things that it excluded that I thought was interesting is none of them really talk about uh, the Iberian Peninsula other than being traced. There's no Italy. There's no Greece. Okay. Um, But Uh, this first one is pretty much uh, 30% Eastern Europe, 30% British Isles, 30% Western Central Europe. Yep. And then 6% Scandinavia. Yeah. Um, The Scandinavian part is Norway, not Sweden. Um, well, okay. 
this coloring is different is like not but what, what he's looking at is kind of a um, heat map of okay. Europe but the when I read the longer form of these results because this is just a, a thing it actually says Sweden oh my yeah. brother <laughs> yeah Dan how did we find each other <laughs> <laughs> once our ancestors lived next door to each other they did so long ago but mine swam across to the British Isles for some reason. <laughs> uh, maybe they were Vikings. They were Vikings. They went over there to conquer, but fell in love and stayed. Or maybe they were part of the annexation when the Norwegian crown sold the Scottish islands to Scotland. Oh, hey. In, uh, in the 13th century. You never know. It could be. One of the things I found most interesting was that there was so much of this far eastern Europe on this one. And we'll take a look at the Ancestry.com, and that confirms it there, too. Um, a whole lot of eastern Europe. And yeah, there's no, no family talk about eastern Europe. No, none, none at all. No Polish, no Hungarian, no Romanian. Nobody has ever mentioned anything like that. I found, um, using church records, I found our names going back through um, Scotland and then working backwards, went to the Netherlands, Germany, and then Switzerland. I found a Lutheran church in Switzerland, 1565, had wow. their had their records online for people to look through amazingly enough and i found um marriage records that match up to the ones i found in germany to the ones i found in the netherlands to the ones that Amazing. i found in scotland yes it's insane but wow that was good work yeah it, i i spent um before i did this test I spent a good year, year and a half, doing every bit of research I could find online to see where we came from. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. Uh, I found one of the things that, um, like, I believe Ancestry. Yeah. Ancestry.com talks a little bit about this Middle East part. You know, then you have some Europe, Great Britain, Western Europe. Yeah. And it also taught, it gives a little bit of the Native American, but that's, it's very small. And again, you couldn't. It's uh, less than the Viking part. Yeah, way less. And they both show Viking or Scandinavian. <laughs> <clears throat> um, one of the interesting things is you see a concentration in the, in, um, the Caucasus region and also the Middle East. And yep. kind of a migration up through to Central Europe, to the you know to the British Isles. Um, one of the things I found is researching my mom's side is that I she has a great her grandmother um, last name is Levine, and they okay. all thought it was. They, I had been told that she was French, like that's where she were, you know, which kind of makes sense from Southern Louisiana, that's where my mom's from, you know, Cajun, French, there's a million French people. Yeah. So that was just accepted. But then I found out 
wait a minute. That's that's not Levine like Levine. Is that what said it meant the vine? No, that's Levine like the Levinites. That was uh-huh. yeah, that was not that was not a uh, term for the vine. So it went back to say that um, yeah, her last name um, traced it back to the uh, actually Levines, like the uh, descendants of Levi. Oh, which is very interesting, and no one talks about that. No one still talks about that. It's the South. I would like to say we are progressive, but we still have a lot of work to do. Um, now, that's my mom's. Let's see, who was that? That was my mom's father's mother. Okay. okay. Now, let's talk about my mom's mom. Um, okay. Her last name is Shoot. S-C-H-U-T-E. Shoot. Sounds normal. Just a last name, right? (laughs) Yes. So, when I was doing research, and again, this kind of talks about the... You'll you'll see a pattern forming of a migration up through through Europe, which is pretty interesting, is um, her last name was not originally Shoot. Her grandparents when they moved to Texas they changed it to shoot it was Schult Uh they moved here from Chicago so it took me a while but I found out from you know them coming from um, Europe at a time where there was a a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot of... Um I guess there's never been a time where this hasn't been the case. But Europe was not really friendly to people of a Jewish heritage. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it looks like, because if you you go back, I found in records that they were listed as being Jewish, coming to America, 
um, sometime in the late 1800s-ish. Gets real fuzzy with the dates. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, around, I say 1887, I want to say. 1889, 87. Um, yeah. So they were, they were the Schultz. And they came here, set up shop in Chicago area then decided to move down to Texas for more opportunities then decided it wasn't such a great idea to have a Jewish last name in Texas oh and changed it so interesting huh yeah so they don't they don't ever talk about that but that they were basically what I'm assuming happened was when they changed it, they made the conscious decision not to ever say anything about it. So it's not like the children were trying to hide something. They just basically decided that fitting in was more important than, you know, keeping up tradition. Yeah. So for good or bad, it seems to be what it is. I, can't, I don't have a time machine. I can't go back and talk to them and find out. If that's what really happened. But um, all that's to talk about, you know, and the migration of my genetic ancestry all the way up through Europe, all the way over to the United States. Cool thing that the uh, Ancestry.com DNA test did is it said this puts you in a similar situation to other um, Mississippi, Louisiana settlers which would have been on my mom's side. And then yeah. it says specifically the North Carolina settlers, like central North Carolina settlers, which is exactly what we did. So you can actually see it's pretty cool, you know, in these kind of terms to talk about. Um, I share, you can see a genetic history shared by people who did the exact same thing, came to Carolina and then migrated through the south to Texas. Very nice. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So, I found that pretty interesting and fascinating, kind of to think about, you know, where you come from and you can kind of go back, you know, just how far back can you go and it's just, it's just amazing. Um, Apparently you can go back to 1700. Yeah, definitely 1700. But I mean, I knew that I have actual records myself, um, going back through to about, I think it was 1560s, which is that, uh, church records. So, yeah. I don't know. Had anyone done this before you looked at church records and stuff, or were you mm. the first to do it for the family? The first that I know of my uncle, um, my uncle had, I, he had done quite a bit, um, but that was like, he had done old school research and actually yeah. my great uncle was my grandfather's brother. Mm. Um, and I, I inherited his, uh, notes and all of his records that he had. And I took Ooh. those and I transcribed them into an electronic form. And I started with that, which is a great starting point. Cause you know, he, he did a, so much research himself to find out people. Yeah. Um, but I was the only one, interested in it is why I inherited it. Um, because 
he brought uh-huh. up he brought up things that people didn't want to talk about. <laughs> he wanted the truth, and so did I. And I talked to him about it. We had that connection, and so I got it. And his kids did not. <laughs> <laughs> I do have my grandfather's uh, research and my uh, grandmother's father's research. Oh wow! So it goes back to. 1600 but it's nowhere near as extensive as this yeah this is this is really interesting i mean only if you have the means to do it would i recommend it and also i don't think this is worth um let's just say for entertainment purposes only i don't know if you're trying to prove something unless you're looking for lost parents because you're adopted or whatever yeah only use this for like you know entertainment education i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't use this for i don't know any other higher purpose really just personal education just just so you know you have an idea i'm looking at the map right now and it's very graphic there you see the Pretty much from India up to yeah. Britain and over to the US. But I expect this to be more interesting to Americans because you all came from somewhere. Right. Whereas, <laughs> uh, I probably will get a very small blip in Sweden and then uh, very little outside of Sweden. Yeah, it's it's possible. Um, but yeah, that, but it's, it it's, sounds it, interesting. It is huge. One One note I'll end on. And it's, it'll be yet another family mystery. Oh. Um, so, I use these two. The My Family Tree DNA is smaller site. Um, Ancestry.com is huge. It you know has millions of people that have visited it. Yeah. Um, with my taking the genetic test, I have found on both sites exactly zero other Rankins that are genetically related to me. Why is that? I have no idea. They are not interested. Maybe. But when I look through, these are your possible matches. No one comes up closer than second cousin as far as genetic relation. And none of the last names I've ever heard of. Interesting. How many rankings are there today? Uh, total? Oh, I have no idea. Like a rough number? Um, in the United States? Yeah. I'd probably say 5,000. All right. Just thinking of all the ones. Oh, they all uh, came from these two brothers. Yeah. Mostly. I think more came over later, but the majority are descended from the same two brothers. Wow. Uh, we're, there are actually like 30 Hornings in Sweden. Mm-hmm. So it's only 30 people. And uh, it's two sort of different families that they, we haven't been able to find a connection. Really? At all. But you have the same last name. Yes. And I also found uh, some some people migrated to the U.S. in the 19th century. Okay. Uh, so there is, uh, I found a, a lady in the U.S. 
who is named Horning as well, uh, and who is from Sweden, but seems to be related to the other group. So she's not my relative. Oh, wow. And we do have a family legend of uh, that the name was taken in the 17th century. Uh, and we have two different accounts of why. Uh, so it's probably that we took this name much later than the other branch, so that we are actually, in fact, not related. Huh. Uh, so my branch currently with the name is uh, four people. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, which one is my ex-wife? Oh, no. <laughs> who is not a relative. Right. Huh. Okay, back to you. Sorry. That's interesting. Oh, I was just saying, I, I find that interesting. And um, I actually wondered a little bit about it because my... Dad was born to my grandmother when she was in her, I think she was 45. Wow. Really late, especially for that time, for her to yeah. be having a kid. Um, back, back around the time he was born, you know, if somebody, if a young lady found herself pregnant out of wedlock you know that was you know gr grasp your pearls and faint away because it's so terrible yeah um i you know i wonder if one of my grandmother's cousins or some cousin or whatnot you know just a little bit off from the family tree but still you know, on the same line. Yeah. I was wondering if he was actually hers. The, the only other person who could tell me is my aunt and she would never say anything. You know what I mean? Like that was some, that was some kind of, that they would literally take to their grave. God, secrets, never a good thing. You know, secrets suck y'all. <laughs> yeah. But, or it just could be that Rankins are all super cheap and don't want to pay for this service. And that would be <laughs> a very simple explanation. Okay. So there you go. That's, that is the history of me as far back as I can take it. Yeah. So now we should talk about your history in the last uh, uh, four years. Oh my gosh. Four years. Dan and yeah. I. We've been this doing is your your <laughs> podcasting career. Yeah, Dan and I have been doing podcasts f together in some form for four years. I well, yeah, because I, I started with the Magic Podcast, and uh, Dan and Sam came on to help me with that. We started before that with Popper to the People. Oh yeah, Popper to the People. My goodness. Yeah, Dan in two thousand thirteen. Dan was on a show called Popper to the People, and then I joined him for a few episodes and came on and talked about playing magic cards and uh that's how we kind of met as he yeah, uh, watched his magic gathering amazing card game it is it's one of the best most complex games you'll ever play i think it's straight up the best game ever yeah the longevity and the variety well it 
you if a game started now it would take 25 years to catch up <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we did uh, videos for magic the gathering but we did um, a big podcast you started it as the standard poker show yep which is a for, which is one of the various forms of playing magic standard popper show and then we kind of got together and just made it a uh, regular popper show yeah and we did that for quite a while and kind of expanded it through the years to do different things reach bigger yep. audiences um, but then we decided that the the audience was a little small. Um, there were other shows doing similar things. So Dan and I kept trying different stuff. We actually had a Pokemon Go podcast for about six episodes, I think. Yeah, the Pokepod. <laughs> the Pokepod. We talked about that game for quite a while. Super I fun game. Talked, I just talked about that podcast yesterday and uh, named it my biggest podcast failure ever. <laughs> <laughs> It lasted a whole six episodes. <laughs> I think we had like 25 listeners. Oh my gosh. Hey, at least somebody listened, right? <laughs> it was probably you. Yeah, I downloaded it 25 times. <laughs> so uh, I guess, how many episodes of podcasts have you and I done together in total? I think it is way over 200. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Because this one alone is... I, I came on at, like, episode 13? Eight. Eight? Yeah. Wow. Yep, came on episode eight, so it's at least 63 of these episodes. Yeah, this is your 64th. Yep. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, of course, the listener might uh, guess that this is the last episode for you yeah. of Final History. Yep, this is it for now. Dan and I will will surely stay in touch. And I hope we get to podcast again. Oh, yeah. It will be weird not doing it with you. <laughs> so, in the future, I am certain Dan and I will find something else to get together and entertain you people. Yeah, you have to come over the pond and visit the Scandinavia. Yeah, I know. That's a... I came real close. <clears throat> My son uh, had surgery this summer, and um, I wasn't able to. But I was going to be in Germany last month. But that's practically next door. <laughs> I know, and I was gonna call you up, <laughs> but, but hey, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just just a few hundred miles away instead of you know a couple of thousand or <laughs> whatever the distance is. But yeah, um, decided not to go. Didn't think it was wise at the time, but... Probably correct. Yeah. <laughs> but your son is fine now, right? Yeah, he's doing great. Um, he's fully recovered. Um, he does have another uh, surgery he's going to have to do this coming summer, but everything looks fantastic so far, so... Sounds good. Yeah, I'm very pleased. So we, we discussed over these four months the, the future of the Fan of History podcast, and this is not the end for the podcast. Uh, but in the end, we settled on... We actually uh, got help 
from Shane Soresby. Shane has been doing the series Timeline of World History on the Fan of History YouTube channel. I mentioned it several times on the podcast. Shane uh, has uh, written an account of world history starting at 200,000 BC. And I have uh, read it uh, on videos for the YouTube channel Fan of History. But he offered to do the research for the 7th century BC. But that will take some time. So what we will do now is that we will run these timeline shows that he has written for the YouTube channel as the podcast uh, for a while. So there, there are, I think there are 12 episodes or mm-hmm. something like that. So that will be the podcast coming up. There will be no... Uh, charge on Patreon for this until we reach the uh, 7th century BC. And then we will actually continue the story <laughs> from after the destruction of Sennacherib. He has already written one of those episodes, so and now he will get time to write the others because we'll run the old timeline things. Right. Uh, which are quite interesting. You will learn more about the earliest writing, for example, that ever was uh, so that will be the show coming up, and we'll uh, try to remain bi-weekly uh, for the time being. Given that we already have the content, it will not be as hard. So there will be no four months breaks for a while now, I hope. <laughs> but if you want to support the show and want, you like this show, you want to see a future for it, please become a patron at patreon.com slash fanohistory. Patreon is really working for my true crime podcasts. And I want it to work for this podcast as well. And I will probably uh, do these timeline things uh, and the 7th century BC all by my lonesome. And then when we reach the end of the Assyrian Empire in 612 BC, I will sort of reconsider where to take this podcast after that. But Fano History lives. All right. Yes. Well... There you go, folks. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've thoroughly enjoyed being a part of it. <clears throat> I'm glad that something that I was a part of was educational and that, uh, if not always entertaining, at least you learned something. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you have been with me all the time. I've been podcasting, and now I actually earn my living doing podcasts. It's almost no YouTube at all now. It's all podcasts. Uh, and mainly my true crime podcasts. Uh, Palmer right. Mordet and Seriemarapodden. But uh, it wouldn't have been possible without you. So it's been an honor working with you, sir. It's same with you, man. And like I said, I'm not... I'm going to make sure that we stay in touch. And we will do something together in the future. I guarantee you. Blessings of social media, if nothing else. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, that's it. I'm I'm getting a bit sad here. (laughs) Well, we can, uh, like I said, it's not, it's not forever. Goodbye. Good. So, yeah. So that's it folks for this week and this podcast. And we'll be back next week then talking yep. about the year 200,000 BC. It's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Remember it as if it was yesterday. Right. I am an immortal being. 
I spend all time. Yes. <laughs> we should probably end this one. Yeah, I know. Now we're just drifting. All right. For this week, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dan. And this has been The Fan of History. Oh. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.